Hi, and welcome to another episode of Engage with the Eagle Forum. I'm one of your hosts, Glenn McKay, a former executive director and a current board member of Eagle Forum. We have really um, struggled over what content to release to you this week. We joined the nation in mourning the unjust deaths and the destruction that we're seeing. Um, we see the pain and we hear the outrage. We also hear the cries that if we're not speaking out right now, then we're part of the problem. But we want to assure you, our listeners, that we're not ignoring the issues and we're committed to solutions. And we know you have hundreds of voices and perspectives coming at you right now. So we want to take a moment just to make sure that we're not being a part of a trend. We want to help expo expose root problems that contribute to the issues and the division that we see. You know, we feel that all that we're watching unfold really only further proves the erosion of what we consider to be one of our founding principles that strong, stable, and moral families give way to a strong, stable, and moral society. So we wanna really address some of the systemic issues that we see in our society, um, that of generational poverty and the welfare system, issues like schools and, and choice, uh, the tragedy of fatherless homes and divorced homes, some of the issues that we see um, in the justice system. And certainly we wanna address the evils of abortion, an issue that absolute racists have used and continue to use to target the black community. So we're taking this time to really learn and re-educate ourselves and to have important conversations so that we can release a series of episodes that address opportunity, opportunity for all in this country. So today we're releasing an episode with a young woman who finds herself a part of another segment of our society that is far too often marginalized and misunderstood, and that's birth moms. So though this specific topic isn't making headlines right now, we really encourage you to understand this birth mom's experience and consider ways that we can actively give value and dignity to these women who've walked this journey. Our desire really is that this conversation gives way to more conversations about how we really love and embrace mothers and children in crisis. Hi, I'm Glenn McKay, a board member of Eagle Forum, and I have with me Sarah Butler. She's a wife and a mom and lives in Northern Virginia. We wanted to record um, a special video to talk about a realm of motherhood that's sometimes overlooked, um, and that's birth mothers. Sarah is the mother of three beautiful girls and a birth mom to a young man who she made an adoption plan for 18 years ago. So Sarah, thank you for joining us to tell, you, to tell your story. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I love talking about adoption. Absolutely. Well, so we're just going to dive right in, Sarah. Um, your story really is a true celebration of that adoption triad that we hear about that includes not only the relationship between the child and adopted family, but the birth mother as well. Um, it's obviously a very tricky topic because it is so emotionally complex, but we feel like if we call ourselves pro-life and pro-adoption, we can't just care about the life of the baby. Um, if, if that's the case, then we're really missing out on the heart of that principle um, that drives so many of us. So we want you to help us understand more from the perspective of a birth mom so that we can engage in an encouraging and an effective way. So to start, will you just give us some background on your story? Sure. Um, I love what you just said, by the way. Um, so I uh, grew up in San Diego with my parents and older brother, and I have a lot of really great childhood memories. 
Um, I was the neighborhood babysitter. I was really innocent, to be honest. I never dated. Um, and I went off to college out of state. And there I obviously started dating. And my last year of college, I started dating an older man who um, had a lot of really great traits, but I knew throughout the relationship it wasn't healthy. Um, it was very manipulative, and I tried to get out of it several times um, unsuccessfully. Uh, and the day after graduation, I found out I was pregnant. Um, so I was, uh, my boyfriend at the time was very happy. I think he thought that this meant I would stay and marry him. And I was devastated. Um, so I went home to San Diego to stay with my parents, who were very supportive, thankfully. Um, and then I had to start the process of uh, deciding what to do. So walk me through that. What did that look like? Initially, it was just, a, it was a lot of emotion just because, well, first of all, I'm pregnant. But um, also, I'm returning back home. Um, and you know, that's, that's a whole change. And I'm here, I am with these kids on my street that I love. Um, and I have a boyfriend who I'm, you know, I'm still involved with him and he came out with a ring. Um, and I just felt so uneasy about entering a marriage with him, mainly just because I was pregnant. So I had to process, um, a lot of things. I right away, I, to be honest, I wanted the whole thing to go away. Sure. Um, when I went to the OB, um, I remember I, I was always just very emotional. Um, several nurses offered to take me to have an abortion. Uh, I had a family member who wanted me to have an abortion and just have it go away. Mm -hmm. And I think people thought that that would make me feel better. Um, so, I, but I couldn't, I, I think throughout the process, I just couldn't make any decisions. It was sort of like out of body. Sure. Um, so as time went on, uh, I was seeing a counselor and my boyfriend at the time became kind of more and more desperate. And then he became angry and very manipulative. And then it really turned emotionally abusive. And it was just one of those, I, I can't move forward with him. So I was going through the breakup of that. And then I had to process, am I going to raise him at home with my parents? And I had to think through what was also best for them. You know, I'm asking now, I'm going to be a single mother. I'm going to deal with uh, my son going out of state for visitation because my ex was military. Um, you know, and that's not how I wanted this all to look. And I think the hard theme throughout this whole thing is this was always what I wanted. Sure. I felt like my big calling was to be a mother mm -hmm. and, but not like this. Uh, so I, I think through time and um, processing, I decided on adoption. And a few weeks before uh, I delivered my son, my ex signed over his rights, which that's a whole nother piece of this. Uh, and I was paired with uh, a wonderful couple that I just, it was just, I just knew yeah. that they, they were meant to be my son's parents. I love that. Well, talk to me a little bit about, 
you know, you've mentioned um, growing up pro-life. You grew up in a Christian home. Um, I think we're lying to ourselves if we don't, if we think that women who have an abortion are only outside of the church. So what was it that, I mean, we, we just know that when you're faced with that situation, an, an unplanned pregnancy, um, you don't know what you're capable of. And you have all kinds of options in front of you that you're trying to figure out. What was it that really kind of deterred you from um, having an abortion? That's a good question. <laughs> um, I think it's that for me that I always wanted a child, but that also it just didn't seem real mm -hmm. for me, even though I wanted it to go away. I, um, I, I, I guess I just didn't feel like it was the right thing to do. Um, and so I know there's a lot of various opinions on that, but I, yeah, I don't know how else to answer that. So you know, your story is one big story of redemption, really. I mean, you see how God um, redeemed that and restored you and um, blessed you tremendously, you know, as you went on. What would you say to women right now who have either had an abortion or are facing an unplanned pregnancy? Do you have any encouragement for them? Oh, that's so good. You know, I think the biggest thing is to not act out of fear. Um, that's not something you hear very often, but I, what I really noticed um, was people wanted to fix it. And I, I think looking back on the whole thing, and my mom was a big help with this, is I, I really had to process this situation. And I think if I were to just fix it quickly, it never got rid of the fact that there was a pregnancy. Sure. Sure. Um, and so I think that's in a way the real issue is how did I get in a place that this happened? You know, what was it about me that led me to stay with someone who was so manipulative? Um, so I would just encourage women that are in the state is just to have to be, um, it's easier said than done, but breathe, get support. And really walk through what's going to be best for you, what's going to be best for this child, and that you can figure this out. You can figure this out, but you really need to be really well informed. So that's my encouragement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, your birth son is now 17. And while many of your close friends and family knew your story, you kept it secret. Um, for a lot of years. So walk us through that. Um, you just came out, what, three years ago, really publicly. Why, why did you feel the need to keep it secret so long? And what made you decide to share that? Well, I think, you know, it's, a, it's, it's such a long process looking back on it. But initially, when this happened, I moved back to where I had a lot of college friends. Um, and a lot of them didn't know. Um, I had told very good friends. But I think a lot of it was I was embarrassed. I felt ashamed. I felt stupid. Um, and then I felt like if I shared it, it's one of those, well, duh, you know, you got pregnant. It, you know, I, I don't know. I almost felt like I didn't deserve compassion, hmm. um, which then started a cycle of kind of shaming myself. Sure. Um, so, and then what made things really difficult also was dating. Um, because really what I'd gone through was a trauma. Um, so, uh, you know, I was paranoid to not get pregnant again. I mean, it was like, this is never happening again. So, yeah, yeah. so then it's like, in today's culture, it seems like right away, that's an issue that's going to be talked about within a few dates, it seems like. So dealing with that, and I think through processing all that and 
talking to people, especially guys I would date, their reaction was so uncomfortable that then it's almost like it further shamed me. So you can see there's a theme of shame um, and awkwardness. And um, so I think I just realized I, I shouldn't talk about this. Um, also I was super preoccupied with what people thought of me, which is silly. Now I I think that's so prideful because I'm not that big of a deal. (laughs) So, you know, why was I so preoccupied? But I think managing that was a lot of work. And then when I started having children, to be honest, my emotional energy on what I could manage started whittling away. (laughs) And then with my third child, I think I had some postpartum depression and anxiety and managing my past was really becoming too big of a job. Um, So I was, I, I, to be I feel like I was a hot mess in that time. And I started seeing a counselor again. And I think what we realized was um, also the, the, the other piece of it is that I knew I had to tell my girls eventually that they had a sibling and so how does that look you know I lose control over the story so that added to the ball of anxiety and it was really her idea to just you know what instead of just one at a time you know I'm like telling people yes yeah she's like you know what I just rip the band-aid off and just put it out there and I did I had severe anxiety leading up to that um but you know, it was the most one of the most freeing experiences I've ever had. Um, so that was sort of the thinking. Oh, this freedom and and walking in the truth, right? Yep. Um, yes, in the light. Right. Right. Well, you know, some of these things that we've talked about, I, I think this plays into a question I wanted to ask you. You know, all of this has been so politicized, which is a real shame. But um, do you think that there's anything that pro-lifers um, really get wrong in this debate over unplanned pregnancies and adoption and abortion? Yeah, you know, it's become more and more of, it's sort of a pet peeve of mine now where I feel like as women, we're not supporting each other. Mm. And it's like, it's it's two camps. It's like you're either one or the other and then you're judging the other. Um, And I I, I get tired of people like marching about it. I I just feel like we need to be in more support. And I think it comes down to, you know, when I meet women who have had abortions, it's asking them, you know, how do you feel about it? You know, tell me your story. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to come in and, oh boy, you know, it's, I want you to tell me. And I think that that really shows compassion and empathy. And I think the other piece is as a culture why are so many women choosing abortion? And so for me, a lot of my reflection had to be um, things I had to work on in counseling. I have a history of sexual abuse. I was a people pleaser. I had trouble saying no. I couldn't use my voice to my ex-boyfriend. And it, you know, it led me into a lot of problems. And I think caring for women so that this doesn't have to be even a thing. I think that's my point is I love when I love men, (laughs) but you know, let's love on our women. Let's put our women and our children in a place that they're going to be in good emotional health. Oh, that's really good. Well, so you mentioned, you may not have mentioned this, but I know this, that you have an open adoption. 
Yeah. Uh, so can you give us some insight into how that's looked over the years and how that maybe has changed now that you have um, three girls? Yeah. So one thing I always say about this when I talk about it is obviously everyone's story is different. I've had, I have recently met other birth mothers who have beautiful stories and it's, it's really neat and wonderful. I think with mine, um, initially I, I felt, I just looking back, I'm like, oh gosh, but I was so awkward. Like when I'd go see him, I'd start crying because it's like, here's my son. But then I felt like my crying made the family uncomfortable. And it's like more than anything, I want to be a mother and it's not happening for me. So I'm going to see my son. Um, and it was awkward. I, I, I kind of, I, I also still felt like I was so angry and ashamed that this even happened that I didn't want to have anything to do with it. So I had my parents do a lot of the communication for a number of years. Um, and then I felt guilty, you know, that I was a bad birth mother. You know, I was like, how does this look? I don't know any other birth mothers. Um, and then I think once I started having my own children, that changed for me. Um, my current relation, it's a little, my relationship's a little complicated. Um, I have not seen or talked to my son in five years. Um, I communicate through the mother, but there is not really an interest to see me. And so that's, that's a lot of new emotions. I, I might get choked up now, but my, my daughter on mother's state sent me a little voice message and she just, she was like made a little poem that mommy, I know you, you miss your, I won't say his name, but, and I love you and I want to see him. And so I'm dealing with their emotions of it too and my emotions and I think part of mothering him is that I have to respect his development mm -hmm. I have to respect his family and um, I don't know how the future looks I've had a wonderful tribe of women oh my goodness if you're watching thank you who have just prayed for me and listened to me and I think my prayer is sorry that's okay thank you that one day he'll reach out to me mm -hmm. and um, that's all I can do. That's good. That's good. Well, so in that same vein, you know, for families that are considering adoption, um, what encouragement do you have for them as they're contemplating their relationship with their child's biological mother? You know, on our, on the podcast that we um, released this week at, Emily was uh, my friend was on it you know her yeah. as well and um she has a bio son and and she has an adopted son as well and they have an open adoption and she just talked about how emotionally complex that is so yes. acknowledging that what else what else should you know um adoptive families be thinking about when they're considering what that relationship looks like that's a that's a good question all your questions are good right um <laughs> Well, they're all, it's so complicated, it's right? so complicated. You know, and now that I'm a mom, I have a different take on this. Mm -hmm. I think you really have to know going into adoption, eyes wide open. Mm -hmm. um, because your birth mother's there for a reason. <laughs> and not all the time, but a lot of times there's going to be a lot of pain associated with that. And I think pain can bring out some funky behavior. And when you're parenting your own child, you might have to know that it's going to involve boundaries. Um, and I think that's what I'm experiencing right now is the, the parents I chose 
-hmm. are using boundaries with me. And I've had to learn to work with that. Um, but I also think just really affirming their birth mother. I went through um, like even weird things, like people offered to pay me for the baby. Um, it's very, yeah, <laughs> it's very difficult to find a child to adopt, first of all. Also, that's not on drugs. Um, you know, and I feel the, I feel for these parents who so desperately want their own child. Um, but I, I always just encourage adoptive parents, you know, love on that birth mother. One of the best things my adoptive parents always tell me is we speak about you with so much respect mm -hmm. and love and that your Sarah loved you. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's been so wonderful to me. And the other piece of advice, which sounds really simple is to really just treat her like a normal person. Um, birth mothers sometimes get treated like they've got these goods that they so desperately want. Um, but like, for instance, I love that the family I chose, he helped me with my resume. And like, when we were in the hospital, I had my son and it was so great. I felt so comfortable with them. We just ordered a pizza and they hung out in the room with me. But I felt like it wasn't all about my son. Yeah. They, cared, they loved me and that made it less traumatic. I and love that. I was listening to, I was just looking at um, some notes I was making. I was listening to a podcast with um, Ashley Mitchell. She's a, a birth mom that's really a strong advocate for birth moms. Yeah. But her point was, God did not make me pregnant to fulfill your dream to be a mom. And so oh. just really giving, um, you know, those who would be uh, walking toward adoption or w whatever that looks like. Um, giving us pause and, you know, and how we think and how we view birth mothers and especially in how we talk about it. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and that's, that's one thing I, I wanted to ask you as well. Adoption is an issue that so many people care about, but I think many of us struggle to understand. And that is, that is myself included, you know, especially when it comes to terminology. Um, and Emily, who I mentioned before has been so helpful in, um, giving me understanding and what that looks like and how, you know, the words that we use are important. Um, but really driving home the point that yes, there's so much beauty in adoption, um, but there's so much loss and trauma as well, just like yeah. you were talking about. So let's talk a little bit about terminology. Um, for example, I was uh, looking at something else the other day and we, we frequently hear that birth mothers put their child up for adoption. Um, but that was actually a phrase that was first used in the 1800s when children were coming off the orphan train. So they would literally step up on this platform and wait for someone to choose them. So given uh -huh. that, it's not a phrase I'm going to ever use again. And your son is not an orphan. You know, you're very much alive. So <laughs> help us um, with other terms. What are other terms or phrases that we should be mindful of when we're talking about this subject? Well, I think that's probably the main one. Okay. Um, so it's, I just, I but you know, I always say I'm never offended when people say okay. this, you know, um, my girls constantly will use these terms. Um, you're, he's, um, you're the real mother. Yeah. That's another one that I know has got to be hurtful for the adoptive oh, mother yes. because she's doing all the work. I've always, <laughs> I've always said that, you know, God bless her. Um, so I think the real parents, um, I tell my girls, his so-and-so is his real mother, but I'm his biological yeah. mother. And I often will say, um, one thing we both, his family, we love about our story is I would not have actually chosen adoption if it wasn't for 
the couple I chose. Wow. So it's that I, I chose his family. Yeah. And, um, and anymore today, it's very rare that children will be placed say in like an adoption agency where Mm -hmm. the birth mother has no say. Right. Right. Most of the time today, it's going to be, I chose. Right. Right. I was looking through Emily. uh, Emily's a frequent. um, Yeah. (laughs) mention in this because we just have such both such a, a heart for this and but she was talking too about um the difference between an expectant mother and a birth mother so a woman doesn't become a birth mother until she actually places that child and signs those papers but before that she's an expectant mother and she's making an adoption plan for her child um i think you raised a very good point that there's a difference in parenting and mothering you will always yeah. be with mother is birth mom, but the, see, even I struggle with this, you no, know, so I, this is, yeah. it's like, it's so hard to, to talk well, about. I, yeah. Like I call him my son. I, yeah. I know that maybe is, I'm supposed to say birth son, but to me, that sounds weird. Um, well, you know, the whole point is what you said earlier, it's, it's so much about relationship. Um, mm-hmm. and we know that for adoptive parents, there's so much celebration and excitement and, birth mothers are told that they've done this really amazing thing and giving such, given such a beautiful gift to another family. But really for the birth mother, oftentimes there's just so much brokenness and trauma and, and silence in your case and, 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 and shame. So you've mentioned publicly before that when you actually went publicly, you were met with so much warmth and love, especially from your church. So help talk a little bit about that. You know, how do we reconcile all of the different emotions and how do we make sure that birth mothers are given appropriate attention and shown that same warmth and love? Oh, that, that's good again. <laughs> no, I, you know, I'm sensitive. It, it, it does. I will admit it, it feels very nice when people say those wonderful things to me, but I also know that there's so many women out there who have aborted and I'm, I, sometimes I feel sensitive of it's like a subtle, I don't know, shaming. Sure. I think your, your question about uh, birth mother, you know, one thing I've struggled with and I probably sent mixed messages to a lot of my friends is I like to talk about it. Um, I think a lot of people, they're like, you know, don't make her upset. Um, and sometimes I, you saw, I, I cry about it. I get upset about it, but I like to talk about it. And um, I like people to ask, you know, like, do you have any new pictures of so-and-so? Um, and it reminds me, I recently, I have a friend in our church who lost a son and I asked her, you know, is it okay if, do you like to talk about it? Can I ask questions? She's like, I love to talk about yes. it. Yes. But I think it's the same thing as people, it's uncomfortable, it's painful. And I think sometimes we need to talk about pain because I think it's, it's a journey of processing pain. Yeah. Um, one time I had a family member say, I don't know why you go see him because you get so upset. And, you know, and it's like, you're right, you're right. But I think what I've had to learn to accept is this whole thing is probably always going to hurt. Um, and that's sort of a part of it. It's a, it's a beautiful, painful, messy thing. Um, so I digress. Your question was. No, um, that's good. That's good. I, well, and you, I was actually talking about this on the podcast as well. You know, it's about relationship and knowing what people are comfortable talking about, but also knowing 
in Revelation, um, there's a verse in chapter 12 that talks about how we conquer evil, not just by the blood of the lamb, the sacrifice that Jesus made, but by the word of our testimony. So there's so much power in your story and in telling our stories. And not only is that healing, but it's, it's conquering. It gives us victory over yes. the most yes. painful times of our lives. Right. Uh, I, I have to tell you a real quick thing. I, um, one thing I've thought of is that as long as I was in darkness and like hiding in a corner in my shame, God couldn't use me. And it was really amazing. Um, at church, I had this beautiful conversation. I'd kind of recently like done the whole story with a young woman and we ended up talking and she had had an abortion and had never told anybody, but she's like, it was through me sharing about shame that she was able to start her healing that she had struggled with. And I thought, this is kind of what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. That's, that's so good. Well, that's great. um, Talk to us a little bit. I know that you've been involved with, I was going to ask you about resources or ministries that you know about. I know you've been involved with Brave Love, right? Yes. So tell me, tell us about that ministry and, and what, how people can be involved and some of the things that you've done. What, what does that look like? What's the, what's the engagement aspect of all this? Well, it's exciting because there's more and more. Um, I will tell you the first few years of post, there is like nothing. There was barely anything. Resources. I know my mom always talked about, you know, there's absolutely nothing for grandparents because they've had a loss too. Yes. Um, so it's like the birth mother section at Barnes and Noble. I, I literally, I think it was like one book. Um, <laughs> and now I think there's more, but Brave Love is out of Texas. They're a fabulous organization and they're trying to just create more awareness of adoption. Um, so they do a lot of birth mother stories, testimonies. We did a tea for birth mothers and that was so beautiful because a lot of these girls were younger than me, but many of them had never met another birth mother. Um, and real, I don't think I had. I'm trying to think of any other birth mothers that I know. And <laughs> right. Because we're all sort of in hiding. Yeah. See, that's the thing. So it's like, let's talk about this and celebrate. Um, yes. There's, a, I know a woman, I, I forgot to write it down, but I'm going to grab this book. This is one of the best books I've ever sure. seen. This is, um, it's Healing the Wounds of Open Adoption, a workbook for birth parents. Yeah. And it's by Julia Lauren. But this was fabulous because it really goes through just a lot of emotions and weird. It's just, I, it's just good. Really good. Really good. Very cool. Yeah. Anything else that you can think of that people should look for or consider being involved with? Uh, uh, I really like listening to New Life Live Ministries. That's a great one. I think Focus on the Family probably has some things. Um, There's also some local uh, pregnancy centers like here. There's a Hope Nova. Um, I think Bethany Christian Adoptive Services would host a birth mother's um, kind of a counseling event. Um, Those are really helpful just to give birth mothers a time to talk and have community, which again, they're usually in hiding. Well, it's been a joy to chat with you and such an honor to hear your story. Um, Thank you for sharing with us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Good to see you. 
And thank you for listening to this episode of Engage with Eagle Forum. Our desire is to encourage and inspire women as they really are a driving force that shapes our society. So if you liked today's conversation, please help us by sharing and rating us and continuing this conversation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. From your house to the state house to the White House, this is Engage with Eagle Forum.